Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Everybody, welcome back. We are back talking about the good, the fun, the dark world, potentially, of security. Uh, but today, what we're talking about is, is managed detection and response. So the, the critical thing, we talk a lot of, uh, about it as MDR. And so today, I want to talk about the R. I want to talk about the response and why that's so important. Uh, on with us today, we've got the wonderful, the amazing Nick Anger of ATC. Nick is a CTO, he's an evangelist, he's a thought leader, uh, but most importantly, he's a fantastic partner of ours. So, uh, Nick, I want to uh, welcome you on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. This is exciting. Hey, you get a different voice when you do the podcast. I love it. <laughs> I know, man. It just turns it on. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, happy to be here. This is uh, this is exciting, and this is a topic that uh, is timely for all of us in the agent community. So let's jump in. I, I want to start off with hearing about where you came from. You know, I, I know that some people have linear paths where they, they start out doing what they want to be doing and, and they, they just continue on that path. Some of this, it, this world sucks us in and, and people start out completely unrelated to this at all. And then you can just never get out. But I would love to hear and, and everybody else here. Where did you start? How did you get here? Yeah, I, I have a, a, a rather unique story on how I landed where I am. Um, so growing up, I, I, well, I reside outside of Cincinnati on the north side of Cincinnati in the suburbs. Grew up uh, a place called Westchester, Ohio, and I had worked at a country club growing up. And I worked there like 12 years old, 11 years old as a caddy and kind of worked my way up through uh, the, the heritage club life and, and kind of worked my way into – um, doing the cart barn to bartending and working private parties. And I actually, uh, I ended up working there all the way through college. I, I decided to stay in Cincinnati and went to the University of Cincinnati and paid my way through school of working at this country club, Heritage Club in Mason, Ohio. Well, one of the members at the country club happened to be David Goodwin with a company by the name of Advanced Technology Consulting. And this is going back uh, 18 years now. So 18 years ago, they were working out of the basement of their house. Um, and it was Dave and a guy that was supporting Dave's efforts. Uh, again, working out of Dave's basement, uh, Clayton Connor. And I, I was, uh, I was 20 years old. I was going into my junior summer, actually was going into my, the summer before my senior year. And Dave approached me as I was working at the club and I, one thing led to another. And I said, yeah, I'd, I'm looking for an internship if you know anybody. Just kind of kind of threw it out there. Didn't know anything about what Dave did, but just seeing if he kind of expanding the network. Well, next thing I know, I'm I'm interning in the basement of Dave's house, <laughs> learning about the technologies that that they are consulting upon. Uh, and at the time, I mean, we were 18 years ago, right? So we we were talking more and uh, admittedly we were more of a, a brokerage. We were, we were really saying like, what are you spending on your long distance today? And let me get you two to three other options. Or what are you spending on that internet circuit today? And let me get you two to three other options. And that's really where the business was at that time. Uh, and I was always growing up, uh, I was tech savvy. I was, I was into technology. I always had the latest and greatest cell phone. I, I wanted to have the the latest and greatest technologies. I was always intrigued by 
by the networking and the, the next generation of whatever was coming next. So when I got involved with ATC, I got to I got to hear about all the new technologies and voice over IP and how cool it could be, right? And how it's going to mm-hmm. change the world. And I was very green. I uh, didn't know anything that we were really selling. We were talking about PRIs and uh, all these legacy services. But at, it was 2007, and I was I was knee deep into voice over IP. And I, I learned everything I possibly could about voice over IP at that time. Uh, so I worked there for the summer internship, ended up staying and paying my senior year, working at ATC part-time and, and going to school part-time or full-time, I guess you would say. And at the end of it, I was, I was getting approached. Uh, I graduated college and I, I, for whatever reason, you know, the universities uh, kind of pitch you to going to the big companies like mm. the fortune 100 type companies. And I had all of those offers and then I had little old ATC's offer and uh, sure. working out of a basement of a house. It was either PNG or GE or ATC in Dave's basement. And that was a tough conversation with my parents. <laughs> Talk to them. Like, I'm going to roll the dice. It's a good with, idea. Uh, it's a good idea. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And my parents, you know, they, they grew up with the, uh, they worked at the, the fifth third banks and the large machine tooling companies. Right. And they, they were the big companies and working for ATC with three employees was like just off the grid for them. Like they, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, what are you doing? But they let me do it. And they, I, I haven't looked back since. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Love it. I love that any any great business, any great start. I, I love when there's a garage, when there's a basement, right? Because it just it's it's bootstrappy, it's hungry, it's aggressive. Uh, you just you figure it out and, and you make it work. So kudos to you for for taking the leap. Uh, and and it's it's uh, I can validate it's been a great decision for you. It's been a fun ride. It, it really has been. I mean, we started with the three folks in the basement and just grinding it out, and we we. Once voice over IP kind of came around, uh, we started getting a little momentum behind us. Like we knew what we were doing. We cut our teeth really early on. We found the pitfalls of voice over IP and how to implement it. Uh, and with that, we expanded a little bit. Like we kind of started shifting our model a little bit from that brokerage where we, we weren't providing any value but cost savings this model of like we're providing strategic value to these clients like and it was i found huge benefit or huge reward i should say on the impact you could make within a business from an operational efficiency standpoint or just operations in general you're changing the way they operate and i found that incredibly rewarding so with that i mean from the voice over ip days and then we started expanding into to larger voice networks and larger contact centers and data networks became a hot topic with the MPLS environments and later SD-WAN and SASE. So we started adding a couple employees. We added a director of marketing to kind of help tell the ATC story because we were good at what we did, but we didn't have anybody really telling our story for us. So our director of marketing came on board then, and he's been on with us for going on 10 years in July this year. Uh So it started off as, you know, the three amigos and it was the four amigos working in a basement. And now it's like we have 16, 17 IT ninjas out there that are are helping. And we've we've had to modernize the operation, the the organization as a whole, 
to, to effectively scale, but it's been so exciting and so fun. And the technology is ever changing. Um, you have to, as you, you can attest, you have to be thirsty for knowledge in this industry. You have to be learning to learn on the bleeding edge and implement on the leading edge. Yeah. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. As soon as you stop learning, you, you stop growing. I, I agree 100. percent And in I want to I want to get into a little bit on uh, you know early on security exposure. Before I do that, I want to call out something though because I think you guys do such a bang up job. We we've been able to be in the trenches together on some pretty cool deals. Yeah. And you guys have uh you know you've obviously expanded far beyond the original days of of what you do right. Expanding this into other advanced services now. But can you talk to me a little bit about, for anybody that's not familiar, who ATC is now? You have a really methodical, very granular, very polished, the way that you work with customers and present the value problem. Maybe you can just talk about that for a second, and then we'll jump into some of your early exposures into security. Perfect. Yeah, uh, happy to tell the story. So we are what we consider a next-generation IT consulting agency and professional services firm. We specialize in four core areas, voice, network, cloud, and security. We go very, very deep in each of those categories. We have a 23-year proven process that we follow for every single engagement. We call it the Delta process. And it, it walks the client and us through a methodical, like you mentioned, very methodical process of making sure that we're scoping services correctly, evaluating the current environment accurately, making sure that we clearly delineate the business requirements for every single engagement before we engage a vendor. So we have a team of consultants on our, our staff here that walk these clients through the process for every engagement. And it, it's proven time and time again that if we follow that process, that it's not only successful for the client, which is number one always, but it's successful for the vendors that are at play. Because at the end of the day, if we if we aren't doing right by the client and we aren't doing right by the vendors, it's not successful for us. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're the ones having to support that and we're the ones they call upon saying, why did you recommend this solution that didn't make sense yeah. for us? And I think that, the, that that's the three-legged stool, right? Like all three parties have to be whole in that. And we've been, it's been proven through that process that all three are successful in, in being satisfied if we follow the process. And it's been proven time and time again, as soon as we step out of that process and don't do it that way, it falls apart. Right. So we, we've, um, we've really hammered down on that, uh, that process and making sure that we follow it for every engagement. Awesome. Love it. Um, let's, let's talk about your early on exposure to security. I, I would love to hear first on, you know, because we're going to transition this right to, to something more recent. And, and as you mentioned, right, the technology's gotten crazy complicated and it's evolved and, and, and it's fun. And, and we've had to learn all that along the way. Take me back. Walk me through one of the first opportunities that, that you worked on or one of the first chances you had to really learn about this idea, the, the broader security landscape. Where was it? What did it look like? What, what was the technology like? And really, what were the problems that you were trying to solve? Well, I'll give you a little a little story um, of how I've evolved within ATC on that that aspect. Uh, very early on in my career, I had the ability, uh, the opportunity, I should say, of working with a very large hospital network, and it was a, an opportunity that was a, a UCAS opportunity back in 2009. 
that it was more UCAS related. They wanted to revolutionize their 110 locations and a big hospital footprint, about 5,000 users at the time, and it ended up growing through acquisitions. But through that process, we were also dealing with a, a network modification. It was a, a rejuvenation of legacy point-to-points into a, a traditional multi-point-to-multi-point solution. It was more of a, a layer two type solution, but it was any to any. With that that uh, transformation, if you will, they were talking about security. And this was, at the time, I was in over my head on the security conversation. I was just a, a fly on the wall trying to learn as much as I could. During that endeavor, I learned so much about networking, uh, so much about the network stack, how all of it fits together, how all of the routing works, even how uh, BGP and the, the disaster recovery plans based on BGP routing, all of that, how all of that worked. And it gave me a different lens where I was just talking to them about UCAS and maybe a little bit of contact center back then. Now I was having a conversation about like real deliverables in the security framework. So fast forward a couple years, we were very lucky. Uh, there is a vendor in our backyard in Cincinnati that uh, is uh, one of the early on MDR before MDR was MDR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the vendor is Vigilant, and they they happen to be way out ahead, and, and they happen to be in our backyard, like literally in the same 10-mile radius of us. And they kind of took us under our under their wing and showed us what security was really about, like what what they had to offer and what's different in the marketplace. It was a different conversation. It wasn't about firewalls. It wasn't about antivirus. Like it was all of a sudden like that. Those were table stakes, and I started seeing that. And I started like, okay, yeah, why would I want to sell a box or a firewall that's only at the time only as good as the firmware that was on it at that given time. Now we've transitioned since that a little bit, but like the antivirus, like it was just a license that was just kind of out there and nobody really had any visibility into. Well, these guys were like talking about putting network taps in and talking Mm -hmm. about like ingesting things. And I'm like, who's eating what? Uh, (laughs) And at the end of the day, like they were so far out ahead and it was like getting our minds right about the security topic and what's the differentiator between MDR and like the traditional security aspects? That was really eye-opening. And that was going back, like looking back, that was like 2017, 2016, where MDR was, wasn't even being sniffed. Uh, but we, could, we got out ahead of it. Love it. Uh, when you, if, if we pause at that, that spot in the learning for just a second, and, and let's say I'm a partner and I'm listening to this and maybe I feel like I'm that way now where I've, I've gotten up to speed on what's happened the last, you know, few years, but maybe these last 24 months, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to how aggressively the technology has grown and innovated. What, when you're opening up that conversation with a customer and you're having a talk track like that with kind of what you picked up on and what you learned from Vigilant about having it a little different, how do you feel that that, how does that help your relationship with the customer evolve? Does it, you know, does it, solidify the delta process does it just show that wow i i gotta think of you guys for everything like what does that what does that lead to yeah i would say we we are very good at having business discussions like we we talk high level about business impact what's in what's 
uh, hindering their growth? What, what are they worried about? What if something like XYZ were to happen to your business? How would you respond? Uh, what type of like I, a lot of folks nowadays are having compliance. Just having a business discussion about compliance and regulation and are, do you have anything that you need to adhere to? I mean, it could be you could be working with a jewelry store and they now all of a sudden have a PCI compliance. They don't have any idea how to comply with. They have no idea and just helping them through that process. It's more about gaining the trust that you really care about their business. Mm -hmm. And that, I couldn't emphasize that enough. I mean, you have to build the trust that you care about their well-being, the business's well-being, and the business growing for you to gain the trust to even ad advise that client. And I, I would say, like, we're a fairly technical group. Our group is a, has enough of the technical aptitude to go pretty deep on the on the security questions on their own. But the the person just starting out, they don't need to be. Just gain the trust of the the client. And bring in the, the great folks that Josh and, and the team have, and really the, they can have the, the, the tough questions, the technical questions, and, and not get exposed like not knowing something. Yeah. There's no one out there. I, I, that would be another thing. There's no one out there that knows everything about security, including your customer. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I love it. Uh, gain the trust. I, I show that you care. I think that's huge. That's a great way to put it. Um, Let's talk about the evolution of this product set. So, you know, we we grew up, we saw Norton and McAfee and, and, and some of these consumer-grade endpoints, and we called it antivirus, and then it seems like it evolved, and there was anti-spyware, there was adware, there was all these things, and the names kept changing, and then, you know, then it sort of combined a little bit, and AI got embedded in the back end, and, and, but we didn't really know how AI was helping us or how we could quantify it. And now here we are at MDR. Uh, you know, we, we, we passed over EDR, endpoint detection, because we realized it's really hard to do on your own. Um, but now we're at MDR, managed detection and response. What, what's your opinion on it? It feels like, you know, maybe we do this again in 12 months and XDR <laughs> takes over the world and it's another acronym. But what do you think about that journey? Why has this over the last five years really solidified to be an MDR journey? And what are you seeing out there when you're talking to customers? Why does MDR peak interest now? Oh, man, I could go a bunch of different angles on this. I mean, really, the what is MDR, right? Like, it's changing so much so quickly on a daily basis. Uh, I think I could ask two or three or four different vendors to give four different answers. Uh, of what the actual MDR product set is. I think it's evolving and changing with the times because I feel like, well, one, there's there's different buyers out there. There's different ways of consuming this product. And I would I would expand on that. Like the, the enterprise, the large enterprise, they have a team of security architects that know the tools that they want to buy. They know exactly the, the, the gap that they have within their enterprise that they're trying to fill for, and they know the vendors. So they're looking for you to help procure that, and they're wanting to make sure that they're procuring it in the right way. For the mid to large size business or maybe even small enterprise, they don't have 25 security architects on staff. They don't have a SOC internally. They're looking for solutions. They're looking for advisement. And I think that that's where the MDR piece comes into play. Now, 
I, I can make the argument MDR has a couple different components. I think the MDR has the endpoint component, and I think that that next generation uh, antivirus that's evolved into the endpoint component of this, it has to have the visibility. It has to have the, the defense mechanisms to stop a threat on the endpoint. I would also make the argument that the new MDR products have to have a network component. So I think that, that the same reasons, they have to have the visibility and this, the ability to stop a threat when it happens. And I would think that the, the MDRs of today must communicate between the two and have a central repository of all security events that are occurring on those, those two pieces. That would be what a SIM would be providing to you. And then I think you need some type of group that's going to respond to those events. So when things happen and we shut something down, they need to respond accordingly. And that is what your stock is going to do. And that stock could be internal or it could be out, ex external. It could be outsourced as a service. And those four components, there's others, don't get me wrong, but those four components are the bare minimum in my mind to set up the framework of an MDR solution. And I think that there's – I know there's vendors out there that do that as a complete comprehensive solution to a customer that can be productized and consumed as a whole. In addition to that, you could take it a step further and take in the uh, start consuming the AWS and the Azure and the Jeep, uh, the Google Suite. It, you could also take it into ingesting other logs such as your firewall logs and things like that. I think that that's taking it to the next level. I think at the bare minimum, uh, it, it's endpoint, it's network, it's SIM, and it's SOC. Uh, that's how I would define it. I don't know if, if that resonates with yeah. the, with you. I, I no, I, I agree. Uh, you you painted a good journey, I think, to to help to help underscore what these components are, because I think that's part of the the, the partner discussion is how do I understand where they are, what they need. And so I love the, the vision that you painted about what an enterprise, you know, where their mindset is versus kind of the mid-market and, and those. And I think you're right. I, I do agree with those components. And I think part of the time, if we understand at least what those components are or some sort of framework, then we can figure out, hey, do you have these components now? And we can ask yeah. which of these are on your roadmap or on your journey, right? Or have you thought of this? And then we can certainly stop and say, okay, I would love to have a deeper discussion with you about that to figure out where, you know, where we can augment. And, and so I, I, think that, I think that's important. The one thing I want to go back to that you brought up a great point on, uh, I would love to hear your, your opinion on this, is, is if we flash back to kind of what traditional antivirus was, where it was signature-based, meaning, okay, mm -hmm. I know the 1,000 or 100,000 or whatever viruses are out there, they all look exactly like this. I'm going to look for one of those. And then if I see them, I'm going to quarantine it and tell you I did something great for you. Thank you, Norton. Thank you, McAfee, right, yeah. for bogging down all of our computers forever. Yeah. But now if I look at, to your point of what that's evolved to, we talk about layering in AI, it's, it's not, you know, having the network connection, like you mentioned, enables a lot of that. Well, what do I do when it doesn't match? It's more about find out what's normal and tell me when something's not normal. And so, you know, we as, as, as tech nerds get to see this stuff every day and, and, and look at these products, see what's real, really dig into it. I'm curious from your perspective, when you're in a conversation with a customer, I want to talk about the hard part of this conversation. How do you help them understand that they need help? What have you found really the most successful part of that? Because we talk a lot about 
you know, staffing shortages. And you brought up a great point that people don't have all the people and they don't, nobody knows everything. How do you drive that point home that, you know, here, I understand the evolution, I understand the product sets. Is it going over the four things you just mentioned or, or what's that yeah. talk track? Uh, well, it's a couple of things. One, I would, I would always walk them down the path of, you don't have the in-house resources to be able to manage a SOC 24 by seven. If you did, I would, I would walk them down a mathematical formula of saying, here's the average salary, here's how many hours you would need yeah. these people, how much is this going to actually cost you to do this? And I inevitably would get the argument, well, they'll just wake me up out of bed. <laughs> yeah, until you don't. And it's a serious scenario. The, the piece that you brought up, the AI and the machine learning behind the scenes, that's the difference on that endpoint that we were talking about from a protection standpoint. And I like how we're going to get in the weeds now. I love it. Like there is no way for the legacy products to keep up with those those signature changes that are happening real time. In the newer products, they're ingesting a whole bunch of signature sets behind the scenes that are getting released. So they're getting fed in all the time and getting pushed out to the endpoint. In the past, as we were doing patches and things like that, we we everything's happening faster. So like waiting for a patch to go out, that doesn't do us any good because it's already been exposed to, to whatever bad's coming down the pike. So it's, it's all about that AI, the machine learning, but at the same time, getting the signatures out to the endpoint as quickly as humanly possible. Going into the AI and machine learning, like it needs it starts to learn the progressions of the organization as a whole. Is it normal for me to have users all of a sudden in Europe? Is it normal for users to all of a sudden show up in Japan? Is it normal for Nick to log into XYZ server at 3 a.m. while he's traveling in California? All of those go into that AI and machine learning giving responses back to the organization is this a, a yellow thread an orange thread or a red thread in how fast we need to respond to these things because as we mentioned earlier it's like it's happening faster and faster in the ordinary business out there cannot keep up with it yeah great points uh, so as we're as we're into the weeds, I want to talk about maybe a more recent opportunity. So the, the the thing that we always joke about in here is that man, these these customer environments never end up looking exactly like what we were told they might. You know what the problem might be, and I love that because that this helps us underscore like, did you think of this? Did you think of this? And so, can you walk us through an example of somebody that you've come into? what you were told the problem was, what you found out they really had, and what you, you know, how you ended up helping them. What, what kind of technology did you put in place? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, I, I'll leave, I'll, I'll wax a little more philosophical in case they hear this, um, but I, I will give you a couple different examples here. So we walked into uh, an opportunity that it was, they, they had it figured out. I don't think – I bet every agent out there has, has been in these types of meetings, right? Like, I got it covered. We don't need to talk about security. Yeah. And then after we go through our, our Delta process, and part of our Delta process, and I encourage everybody to do this, is we do it an audit and assessment of their entire environment. And they might say, no, 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 you don't need to audit what our endpoint is. You don't need to audit what firewall versions we are on or how old our firewalls are. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And just keep pushing like, yeah, we need to get a full capture of everything holistically that's going on within your environment 
so we can advise you holistically of the best solutions to go forward with. And uncovering all of those, and then we do this across the board, whether we're talking about voice, whether we're talking about network, whether we're talking about cloud or we're talking about security, we're going to get really, really granular on getting an understanding of their current environment. Well, after they said, we, we got security cover, we don't need to do anything, the CIO kind of comes over the top and says, yeah, why don't we take a look at that? We, wa- we want to make sure that we're buttoned up the best we can. And we came across it, and again, I'm not going to throw too much out. The firewalls were end of life, end of support. We uncovered an entire network opportunity by talking about the security conversation. Then we talked about from a compliance standpoint, what do you need to comply with? What type of regulations are coming down on you guys? Oh, by the way, you need to do MDR. Like we haven't even touched on the cybersecurity insurance aspect of this. During this conversation, the CFO happened to be in the room. He says, I just got our cybersecurity insurance and it's going to double next year. And I have four pages of questions that I need to respond to. Can you guys help us fill that out? This is all in the same meeting. <laughs> the CFO goes, okay, we need to do this, 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 this. MDR was one. Multi-factor was one. Yeah. Like all of these things that the cybersecurity insurance is saying you're going to get dinged on and double for the following year are things that you can take advantage of by just making yourself more resilient and more buttoned up from a cybersecurity posture. So after we went through the laundry list from the cybersecurity insurance audit, as well as our own internal audit, we uncovered that this is a perfect fit for an MDR, SOC as a service, and they ended up going down this path with us, deploying all of this, got their their assessment done by the cybersecurity insurance company, and it didn't raise a penny. And they spent less money on the MDR platform that we deployed for them than the the cost for the cybersecurity insurance was ever going to be. By deploying technology, they reduced their cybersecurity insurance. Love it. Love it. Great stuff. Okay. The CFO was ecstatic. Same with the, the CIO. Yeah, when you can when you can come in with something that appears on the surface, you know, as a knee jerk reaction to be a net new cost, and it ends up, you know, besides the brand building and and protection and all of that, happens to save money. Yeah, you're a hero. You're you're in that deal forever. Absolutely. I just I actually just talked to that CIO yesterday. I had dinner, uh, a group of folks at dinner, and I asked, "How's it going? How's how's the SOC as a service and a sim and all of that? How's it all working? Phenomenal," is what he said. Phenomenal for a guy that's um, he has thousands and thousands of users. Phenomenal. Awesome. Love that. Good stuff. All right. As we as we uh, wrap this thing up, let's look forward. Uh, You know, at the rate that technology changes, we can't look forward too far. But advice curious from your perspective, if you look out 12 months ish. Uh, what do you think changes, right? Anything else trends for us to pay attention to different areas you want to focus on kind of curious where you think this thing goes, take that anywhere you want. Oh man, it could go a lot of different ways. (laughs) I don't know if there's going to be a right answer to that one. Um, what's hot on my mind, right? Like I, I feel like managed detection and response is going to expand. I feel like it's going to grow a little bit. I, the next in my line is identity access management. TAM, privilege access management, uh, things like that that can kind of shift the conversation a little bit. Like we start talking about ZTNA, 
we start talking about getting really granular with our networks. Who needs access to what and why? Like, let's have like real discussions about that. Um, from a security landscape, the, the managed detection response is going to get more robust. It's going to expand. And I, I, I feel like the ingestion points were just going to grow. And we're going to have more visibility, more granularity, and more fast responses so we can get out in front of this thing. I feel like we've been, a, from a security posture, Based on the toolings that we have, we've been very reactive. We are starting to get to that machine learning and AI that it's just starting to get proactive. We're almost there, and I feel like we're on the cusp of it, and it's it's going to be exciting. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Good stuff. Fun to pay attention to. I'm certainly excited to see what comes next. So, uh, Nick, hey, man, appreciate you coming on and doing this with me, buddy. This was awesome. Let's do it again. All right, deal. Okay, I'll take us out. All right, everybody, I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering. This is Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. I want to thank Nick Enver of ATC. Thanks so much for coming on. Until next time, everybody. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.